So guys, I am back. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it and you really want to show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy that you've come back to listen to another podcast of mine. I prayed for you and I pray that you be healed and touched by something that I ha- that I have to talk about today. So, for all of those who are returning, welcome back. And for all that uh, the first time listeners, welcome. And I am Nikita, Little John, your host. Yeah. Um, I do this uh, podcast every week, um, and I pretty much just. Um, take my own life experience, own life experiences throughout the week, and um, find a message in them, find a way to grow in them, and then I share. Um, some of the things that I experience requires a little bit uh, more study time, and if that happens, then you know I might go take a an extra week or two to get it together because I really want to relay information to you uh, and have research and things like that. I, w- I want to make sure that it's right. I want to be, uh, what is the word? Competent. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. But um, but anyways, so today I'm supposed to start um, chapter one of Waiting and Dating by Dr. Miles Monroe. Now, don't get turned off if you're already married or in a relationship uh, with someone because or dating. It does. It doesn't matter. But the the book is essential. I don't care if you are married or not. There's valuable information in this book, and and you never know. You you may be able to do some self evaluating and say, you know what? Maybe I can incorporate this, or I can start being this way. And that would, you know, bring forth change in a, your relationship or marriage that you're currently in. So, um, so I'm going to talk about that. But I did experience some things this past week, and I just want to to share them. And <laughs> they're great. So the first thing, now I highlighted a lot of stuff in this book, and I don't know. We'll we'll just see how I'll let the Holy Spirit flow, but I'm gonna go over these topics that I went through um this past week. So one day, um I guess I can say this. I'm a little prissy. <laughs> As, uh, yeah, I guess you can say that. A little prissy at times. I'm real country, but I'm prissy with certain things. But my dog, you know, it's a girl and Excuse me if I call her he. I don't know why. I just think all animals are he's or males, but I say he. So I don't want you to get confused. But it's a girl, but I sometimes call her he. <laughs> so um, one morning um, last week, I was getting ready to go to work, and my dog was doing something nasty, and you know. I was like, "Ugh, that's disgusting. You know, stop. You're you're a girl. Why are you doing that? That's nasty. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be acting that way. You shouldn't be doing that." And you know, 
not really thinking, okay, it's a dog, but I'm thinking, you know, you're a female dog. You should act a different way. And the Holy Spirit really quickened me. I mean, quick. I was like, okay. Like my last name, you know, like the rapper. I was like, okay, God, I get this. But, you know, the Holy Spirit said, it doesn't matter if it's a male or female dog. What the dog is doing is the nature of a dog. <laughs> and I said, I, I, I was just like, wow. And I was like, can you imagine how we apply that same you know, we, we act the same way with people or, you know, people we don't know, people we do know, and we expect them to act or be the way that we think that they should be. And and yeah, right. You know, we're, we're Christians. Well, I'm a Christian and, you know, I know the fruits of the spirit and I know, I know with my own experiences how my life has changed in my walk. And so, you know, and 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 on top of that, it's it's our own past experiences that really uh define our perspectives. And if you read the Bible, you know that it says, um, dang it, I just forgot it. Oh, that's crazy. As a man thinketh, so is he. And I think we really take that scripture for granted because in order to act a certain way you also have to think a certain way right because when you think if if you think that you're let's say this bad chick you know you know the 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 ones you see on social media i mean you know the ones that call themselves bad chicks and stuff like that look at how they act right what you do, how you act is a reflection, a direct reflection of how you think and how you think about yourself. You can't separate the two, right? So as a man thinketh, so is he, right? So obviously it's the nature of the dog to do nasty dog things and, you know, <laughs> and you you say stop oh you shouldn't do that you know or if, or just applying it to a person who may be acting a certain way that's not pleasing to you that a way that you don't act because you know who you are or you carry yourself differently and we tend to apply how we think and how we act for ourselves and apply that onto other people and expect them to act the same way we can't do that <laughs> See, uh, see, God is just so amazing. So you, even though the dog was a female, I treat, I treat the dog and understand that it's a dog, right? And so I treat it accordingly. You know, I don't not like the dog because it doesn't do what I think it should be doing. I don't resist, you know, what the dog is doing. I understand that. I understand now it's just the dog and it's the nature of the dog. So I just say this to, to say that we're going to encounter people who are very different from us. 
very different from us. But we can't allow the nature of another person to one, cause us to treat them a certain way, to treat them to treat them nasty or to to say that they're this or that they're that because of the way that they think about themselves because obviously the way you think about yourself is how you act right if you're insecure and you don't like yourself you may you may shy away from crowds you may um wear your heart on your sleeve you're very naive uh, you allow people to hurt you and it's not my position to say oh you're weak you're weak you're this you're that you know because I'm this strong, independent woman and I take care of what needs to be done. I love myself. I'm this diva. I can't put who I am, who I think that I am onto another person, right? What we should do as Christians and in my walk with Christ, with that situation that I experienced, now I'm just going to love people exactly where they are. And I'm not going to allow how they think about themselves or how they act to impact me because now I understand that that's the nature of that person. Now, I'm not saying that people can't change. God, you know, can come into that person's life and they can change, but you know what they're going to remember? They're going to remember that person that loved them when they was a complete total mess. They're going to say that person, I said some mean things to that person. I treated her horribly. I did this to her. I did this to her and not once did she treat me the way I I probably would have treated her if she did if she if she were acting the way that I did. And I believe that that's the love of that's the love of God and to to look past what a person is doing or how they're acting what they're saying and still see the God in that person because you know still see the spirit of God and still know that God can dwell in that person and having an understanding that we don't know their past right? We don't know what shaped the way that they think that causes them to act that way. And we can't be judgmental during that process. Like (laughs) God is just so good. And he's just been revealing these things to me. And, you know, my, I, I do love people and I don't really uh, harness hate or I, I forgive easily. And I really think that that's a gift from God, but him showing me that in a situation with my dog, it really opened up my eyes to. So when someone is maybe mad or yelling at me, I take a, I take a step back because, like I told you guys before, I work with upset customers. I take a step back, right? And it's almost like it's very weird because it's like I hear I hear what the person is saying, and yeah, my flesh reacts because that's just how the flesh is. My flesh reacts, but there's something inside of me that says, just think about this person, you know, look at what they're saying, listen to what they're saying. Don't react to that, (laughs) right? This is the, the fleshly part of this person who's reacting to something that they don't agree with or something that they don't like. Don't judge this person. Don't mistreat this person. Respond with the love of Christ regardless of what your body is saying, how your body is telling you you should react, just forget about that and just know that God can still dwell in that person. And we have to be 
and reflect the light that Jesus, you know, that Jesus put in us uh, when, when we uh, accepted him into our hearts. So we are to be the light of the earth. So, um, and light conquers that. So conquers darkness. So that's, that's one of the things that I experienced. And I hope that really helps someone who may be in a situation where someone isn't treating them right or someone at their, their manager is treating them a certain way. And, you know, don't be vindictive. Vengeance is the Lord's. Don't be spiteful. You know, uh, because, because God will turn things around. He really will. And he really, he really will do that for you. And you just have to pray and ask God to heal them in wherever they're broken in their lives. And God will, will bless you as a result of that. So don't, don't, you know, take vengeance into your own hands. Um, just, just see that person as someone that God can dwell in and see that the way that they're reacting and the way that they're acting is a direct reflection of how they think, uh, about themselves. And, um, yeah, that was, that was an eye opener for me. Um, another thing, um, at church on Sunday, I mean, the word was so good. Ah, the word was so good, but it was a brief moment in, um, during the service where I just happened to, you know, my pastor was preaching, of course, and I kind of took a look around and I saw, cause I, I typically sit in the front. I, I like to sit in the front. I like to get all of the goodness. I like, I don't want any distractions from people in front of me. So I try to get to the front, but I, I just happened to take a look behind me and I see all of these people, you know, hundreds, maybe a hundred. I don't know. It was a lot of people and they are all focused on the pastor and what he's saying. And I, I, I quickly thought, wow, this is the person that God raised up to provide a word to all these people, right? So this man has been gifted with this gift of pastoral, I don't know how to say that, pastorialship as a pastor. I don't know. You get what I, you, you get it. As a pastor, he has this gift. And I'm like, each one of us was assigned to be there at that very moment to get that word, to change something in us. And I thought, what if he didn't walk the walk that he had to walk to to become a pastor? What if he neglected that calling on his life? All of those people who were sitting there focused on him or the, the person that needed to hear what he was saying before they thought about committing suicide or leaving their wife or doing something harmful. You, you you never know where people are. But what if he neglected the call on his life? And that made me think about every single person that's assigned to my gift. Who am I supposed to be reaching out to 
to provide some something that they need and at whatever specific time to get their healing that they need or the breakthrough that they need. Who's assigned to my gift? And that's what I thought. It, guys, we... I, everybody has a gift and a purpose on this life. And I have to tell you that it's not for yourself. If If you think that your gift... It's just about getting a dollar or getting this or getting that. It's so much more than that. There are lives who are assigned to your gift. And uh, I encourage you to to try to find out what that is. Remember that the gift or your purpose is so much more than just money. I mean, obviously we can't do anything with money, but I think when you find your purpose, you find your passion and you also, you know, you reap the the rewards of it, but it blesses someone. And I think that um, we have to walk in that because there are people's lives at stake. People need healing. People are broken. And if that person was assigned to the gift that you're sitting on, whether it be a book that you're supposed to write, whether it be a song that you're supposed to write, whether you're supposed to be a motivational speaker, whether you're supposed to be uh, a daycare provider and encouraging kids, whether you're supposed to be a teacher and mentoring a, mentoring kids, whether you're supposed to be uh, a writer or an editor it it doesn't matter what it is you someone is assigned to your gift someone who's broken someone who's hurting is assigned to your gift and i encourage you to i encourage you to do some 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 soul searching get in a relationship with god do some fasting. Find out what it is. We have a limited amount of time here on earth. And I would hate for someone to let all of their life pass by and not experience the joy of having purpose. Waking up every day knowing that you're doing what you absolutely love and People are being freed and healed and delivered and growing from from a gift that God has given you. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think that we were created just to get up and go to work every day. I don't think we were created for that. There's so much more to life than just getting up and going to work. I mean, and honestly, I thank God for uh, making provisions for me and getting me at the, the job that I currently have now. But most of the times, I don't want to go. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I don't want to be there. I would rather be at home writing a song or finishing my book or in a studio 
or talking to a group of women. <laughs> I would rather be doing that. That's where my joy is. That's where my peace is. That's where I I enjoy doing it. And it helps people. <laughs> I would rather be doing that. I don't like having to get up every day and be yelled at on the phone. Yes, I do it. And I do it joyfully. I do my job as it is, I, as unto the Lord. I do my job and I do it right. But I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. And most people hate going to work. Like, that's, do you think that's what God, you think that's the milk and honey God was talking about in the Bible? No, that ain't the milk and honey he was talking about. The milk and honey, oh, a little $2,000 check, $3,000 check, $4,000 check. Girl, it's so much more to life than that. Well, you know, I'm straight up real and I don't like doing it, you know? Be for real with yourself. Yeah, you get your little paycheck and you spend it on bills, which is why you got to keep going. You got to go back to work in order to keep the money coming, right? Like, that's not that's not the milk and honey he was talking about. That's not the big old grapes. <laughs> I'm thinking about um, I'm thinking about Moses. You know, when uh, they were about to get to the promised land or whatever. And they were talking about the fruit and how big it was and everything. That ain't the grapes. That ain't the milk and honey guy I was talking about. I mean, come on, let's be for real. Ugh. But what I'm, what I'm just trying to say is that someone is assigned to the gift that you're sitting on how to do something with it just just start and I can promise you when when I started um like I sing right and I gave up singing for a long time and I was kind of miserable I was trying to find I was finding all of these other things to get into hell I don't sell I sold Mary Kay I sold It Works I sold started businesses and all of this stuff and I just stopped doing it. I wasn't I, I wasn't enthused. It didn't keep me it just didn't keep me interested. And I'm like I'm I'm a free spirit. So it's like this is boring. This isn't fun to me. <laughs> of course. You got to work hard, you know, you know, with with music. But it's something that I love to do. Like, I don't find it hard to sing. Of course, I'm stretching myself and I'm learning technique and things like that and hearing notes and keys and all of that. But I love it. And when I started to... To, to, when I made the decision to do what I absolutely freaking loved, everything else was like, oh, this is nothing. This is nothing. Like going to work. I'm like, ha 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 ha. Uh, actually, there was a meme that I posted 
uh, some time ago when I started to uh, get back into doing what I love and in my purpose in life. Uh, there was a meme and it said, um, I wish you go ahead and do what you love so you can stop having an attitude. And that is so true, right? Because when you're neglecting what it is that you really, really, really want to do for whatever reason, maybe you're not financially there or whatever, and you're neglecting that purpose or that passion that you have, you you tend to get frustrated because what you're doing isn't what you currently want to do. It's not what you want to do. So frustration comes in and anxiety comes in and attitudes come in. And that's like what I said in the last um, the last episode. That's what I said about um, the fruit of the flesh, right? I don't think that's what I was going to say, but I was going to say something else. Lord, bring it back to my memories. Lord Jesus. All right, all right, I'll go on. But yeah, so that's what we got to do. Yeah, that's what we got to do. Do what you freaking love to do. And on, on top of that, you know, I did mention that some people say that they don't financially, you know, have the funds to do something. Um, I went to, uh, I guess it was like a small little conference or meeting or whatever where um, some successful lady came in and she was talking about the new business that she had who's making a lot of money now but she gave us these little sheets and it said start where you are use and use what you have I was like okay that makes sense so I encourage you use what you have don't because you know one thing that I used to do I'm like I'll be like because I like okay this goes back to being prissy or whatever but I like nice things. I like expensive things. And I won't shop or buy anything if I know what I want and it's more expensive. I won't buy anything that's like it that's cheaper. I won't do it. Like, I will never buy, like, knockoff stuff. i rather have the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have the the real thing. So, um Yeah, I think I just lost my train of thought. That's crazy. But anyways, yeah, I I would I'd rather have the the real thing. So I really lost what I where I was going with that. That's crazy. Oh my god, this is the second time I prayed before I started the podcast. But I guess it it just means that it's time for me to move on. And another thing, okay, um, we you have to stop preparing for the worst, right? We have to stop doing that. And I just caught myself doing it one day at work, and I was like, "Why do I do that? That's like having an expectation for something to go bad, and that's powerful." Because if you're speaking negatively, you think negatively, and then you're doing things or expecting negative things to happen, well, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to expect you expect negativity, and you will definitely see and experience the negative things. And um, I caught myself doing that, and it's I said I have to stop. So what what I did to kind of like challenge that. 
is um when I have the negative expectation thoughts in my head, which is the fear, which is the enemy, which is not of God, because fear is not of God. God is love and it's beautiful. Um, but when I have when I had the thoughts, what I do is I start praying. I start praying the opposite. Right. And I also mentioned that about praying without ceasing. Like you can pray for anything. Right. And I actually started doing this. Like, you know, you encounter people and you know they're going through things and you say, oh, girl, um, I'm going to pray for you. I'm praying. You know, some religious folks, they be like, I'm praying for you, sister girl. I'm praying for you. And they be lying. Oh, don't don't do that because you lying. And um, especially. As a Christian, don't lie and say that you're going to pray for someone and you don't. Don't do that. Because you're lying. You lied. You, you're lying. Or you could just go ahead and pray right there. You know what? Maybe I'll start doing that. Just pray right there. It might be weird for them. But, heck, you're going to get it out of the way. You know? But what I, I, I did is I wrote down the names. So I remember who it is that I need to pray for and what areas, you know, I need to pray for in their lives. So that's what I do. But uh, yeah, stop expecting the the worst, right? That's powerful. I sound like Medea. I said powerful. I don't know why I'm in such a playful mood today, but this is kind of normal, normal life for me. But I try to be, um, I try to be serious um, when I do the podcast, but. You know, my crazy comes out. But, um, yeah, like the mind is like so powerful. And if you start thinking negative, then you start bringing up negative scenarios in your mind. Right. So you let's say you're thinking about, oh, uh, I don't I don't want to go to like one thing that I have to stop doing or encourage myself to stop doing this. I don't like to go to the grocery store because it's cold and it's this. And guess what the mind the mind does? The mind also says, and it's this, and it's this, and it's this, and this is the other reason why you don't like to go. And this is the other reason why you don't like to go. So you might as well not go. And then what do you end up doing? Not going. And that's another thing that, um, you know, stops us from, stops us from being disciplined. It's that negative thinking. And it it happens, but when you follow your mind, like when your mind says, oh, you can do it tomorrow. And then it'll also say, well, if you do, you can go ahead and do it tomorrow because you have to do this, 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 and this, and then you're going to be tired and you're not going to have the time. So you're following all these thoughts in your mind. And then guess what? You end up not doing it. You end up procrastinating. And the same thing happens the next day. It's like, oh, I'm tired. The kid needs this. I got to do this for the kid. I got to do this. You know, all of that. And you get sidetracked. So I'm challenging that with, you know, praying and actually doing what it is I say that I don't want to do. Because that's my problem. Uh, that's my problem for me. So you need to do like some self evaluating and see, and see where you're thinking negative or following your thoughts in your mind, which result in you not doing what you know you need to be doing, right? So those are the the things that I kind of um, experienced throughout the week, and I kind of learned from uh, self assessment is key 
being aware of yourself and how you're feeling is key into growing and changing and becoming a better person. And I desire to be, become a better person and to become knowledgeable and and wise. What do they say? The um you the application of knowledge is wisdom, and I desire to be that. Even though you know. I'm only 32 and I do have an old soul and I'd like to say I'm very wise for a 32 year old but I don't have any gray hair and I like gray hair so I'm always like well am I not wise because I don't have gray hair but I guess that's just one of the little sayings you know that they have but I don't have any gray hair yet so now I'm gonna go ahead and go into the book and y'all, I highlighted so many things. I tried to narrow it down. I really did. I tried to narrow it down, but it's all so meaningful. Like, I'm not even kidding you. Like, I'm already at 30 minutes, like for real, 15 minutes. So I'm going to spend, I try to keep the segments to 45 minutes, um, because I can keep talking. I like to talk. Okay. I can keep going on and on and on and on and on. On and on and on and on and on. I can keep going on and on and on and on and on. And some of y'all probably be listening to this while y'all in the bed or driving. And you'd be about to fall asleep. Okay. You gotta like press pause. I'll listen to it again later, girl. But anyways. um, So I'm going to spend the next 15 minutes talking about this awesome book because I want us to be whole, healthy, and complete before we get married. That is my desire. I will be completely whole and filled in God and loving myself and knowing my worth and who I am, where I'm going before I get married. And um, let's go ahead and get into the book. Now, as as I told you guys earlier, it's called Waiting, um, Waiting and Dating by Dr. Miles Monroe. And I'm just going to kind of like go through um, some of the things that I've highlighted. Now, I encourage you to get the book. Like I just downloaded it on my iBooks. I think it was maybe like nine or ten dollars, but um that's not a lot of money. I I think we'll spend that on food or going out to eat, but self-investment is very important. If you don't think that you're worth investing in to become a better person, that's a problem. Okay? I'm sorry. It's a problem. We need to invest in ourselves. We should forever be students. Like I I'm a forever a student because I always know that there's something more that I can learn, right? The more that I learn, the more that I can share and help other people. So my, the top of my head literally has like a hole in it and I just want more information, more information, more information. So I'm always like, tell me more, tell me why, why, why is that? You know, because I know that if I can take that information, apply it to my life and see a change, then I know for a fact that it can help somebody else if they follow the same principles. So here we go. So um, self-investment, spend the money, get the book, especially if you know you desire to get married. It is 
a great book. And like I said, if you're already married, there's still valuable information that will allow you to do some self-evaluations and to see, you know what? I was a little too hasty for that. Or even if you're like freaking engaged, you may you may read the book and say, you know what? You know, let's you know prolong you know the wedding date. Let us begin. Let's let us get a little bit more whole in God before we you know tie the knot. But I'm telling you, the book is the bomb. You gotta get it. And like I said, you know, listen to Doctor Miles Monroe. I ain't playing. I am not playing. Listen to him on YouTube. So, oh, I'm all the way on the at the end of chapter one. So the chapter one is um, pretty much about making sure that you're ready to date. And you know. <laughs> You think about it and you're like, oh, it's called preparing to date. Chapter one is preparing to date. And, you know, you think dating is just, oh, you're, I'm a teenager. Oh, I'm going on my first date, blah, 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 blah. But until you get married, you'll be dating. And you need to understand the, the fundamentals of dating and, you know, have your expectations set you know so um first of all the word this was in the book it says the word dating comes from the idea of setting a date where two people or more if on a group date agree to get together to create to a at a certain time and place for recreation and fellowship so that's where it originates from right setting a date right to congregate with with someone to pretty much learn about them now the first point um he lists three principles of dating readiness listen to this y'all he said <laughs> he says first of all you are not ready to date until you are fully aware of both the benefits and the dangers of dating. Do you know the benefits and the dangers of dating? I know I didn't know all of them. He said, well, once you understand, once you understand not only the perks, but also the pitfalls of dating, you are mature enough to begin opening yourself up to more serious relationships. Now, you probably think like like when I read that part, I was just like, um, "Wow, you know, I didn't think it was that serious because you think it's you you make light of it, you know. Oh, we're just going out and we'll get to know each other and we'll see we'll see what happens. But there's so much more thought that needs to go into, you know, into dating, and um, like I didn't think about that. Um, here's another point that he, he makes that I thought was interesting. He says, human beings are social creatures and we relate to each other on three levels, spirit, mind, and body. To put it another way, we interact with each other in the spiritual, solical, and physical dimensions. This progression is very important. 
Healthy relationships should always begin at the spiritual and intellectual levels, the levels of purpose, motivation, interests, dreams, and personality. The physical dimension is the least important of the three, yet that is where we usually start. Our Western culture has completely reversed the process. Everywhere we turn in society, the media, the entertainment industry, the educational system, and even many times the church, the focus in relationships is on physical attraction first. Now that is so true. Um, sometimes we look at the exterior uh, and even sometimes indulge in, you know, premarital sex. Um, we, we engage in that. Um, no judgments, okay? <laughs> I, I'm not judging you if that's what you choose to do. Obviously, I have a son and I'm not married. Um, but yeah, but it's it's true. Um, we we look at the exterior and we're like, oh, he's cute. Let's go out, you know. <laughs> Let's get to know each other. And then we just move so fast. We move so fast and we don't have to. What's the rush, right? If he's for you, then obviously he won't. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> that's how you know duh but yeah so we've just made it so easy just to say oh he's cute let's go out or she's cute let's go out without really trying to get that spiritual connection that intellectual that intellectual connection uh, we're just quick to to react to the emotions of that uh of that first you know at first oh, hey boo boo you know all that baby names and stuff now he, he the next point he says um the second prerequisite for dating readiness is a good understanding of god's standards for relationships now this is good he says you need to learn or work out a clear set of guidelines for behavior based on God's word or you are not ready to date. This requires a certain degree of spiritual maturity. Waiting until you are in a dating situation to decide what is right or wrong or what you will or will not do is too late. Unless you settle those matters in your heart and mind beforehand, you will have little protection against temptation and could easily go too far. There are only two choices. Either you will follow God's standards by deliberate choice or you will follow the world's standards by default. Unless you plan ahead to keep yourself pure on a date, you probably won't. That is so true. And I think um, that that is very true. Now, um, when we engage in, you know, when you get, you, you have sex, there's so many emotions and attachments that come along with that. And... I, I won't speak for everyone, but I, I do know that once you, you you do that, there's an expectation. <laughs> and if you do it too soon, you may be expecting too much from a person too soon. Or if you do it too soon, 
you get in a relationship and you're not really knowing the person and you may find out too soon that he's not the one but because there's that emotional connection because you you know you've had sex then it makes it a little bit harder so it is very important i i agree with him uh to have your standards set for what you will and won't do before you you start dating and um i have my standards written down on a piece of paper and they're posted on my wall (laughs) so I have a daily reminder of my standards and um that's just that but uh definitely I encourage every woman who is dating to you know set those standards for their relationship and what they want what what they will and want to just like Dr. Miles Monroe says like it's it's key um and it protects you um cuz if the guy really doesn't you know respect you or he really wants the one thing you can very easily see what he wants or if he's lying like some guys do well women do it too but you know they they put on a facade to try to get you know get the goods or the prize but if you kind of if you hold out then you're able to see if that person is consistent because if if they aren't you know and you you wait that time you'll see and you can easily weed them out and you're protecting yourself which is important <laughs> it's most important to me is protecting my spirit myself and for me I also have a kid so hey I'm not going to invite you into my life if I don't think that you're ready for my son and establishing an emotional connection before I've determined whether you're gonna last or not uh probably not not gonna do that not gonna waste my time so uh yeah just just think about that write them down I write them down like I said mine is I'm sitting on the floor doing this and I'm literally looking at them right now so um yeah and one part that I actually highlighted twice was the part where he says there are only two choices either you will follow God's standards by deliberate choice or you will follow the world's standards by default and I'll have to say that you'll automatically follow the world's standards by default if you do not have those those standards set it's it's just how it is so uh and I'm a firm believer in that because I've had conversations with other women and other women whom I've advised to write you know their standards down and they haven't and they tell me about these dates that they're going they're going on and I'm like okay first of all that's a no-no um why are you even pursuing it further if this is happening and then they keep talking and then this thing comes up and I'm like oh so that's the type of well no okay so why are you wasting your time if this person has already checked off three of the things that fall below your standards list <laughs> you're wasting your time in his don't do that so um yeah uh have your standards 
said um, the first one on mine is he has to be God fearing. Okay. God fearing man. Okay. If you're not, mm, not going to happen. Sorry. Now, um, let me see how much y'all I want to keep talking, but I want y'all to go to bed. See, I'm already at 47, 48 minutes, but I'm going to, I'm going to read the, the third principle and then we'll go ahead and end it and we can pick it back up next week. But the, he says the third principle for prepare, the third principle for preparing to date follows closely on the heels of the second. He says, once you have determined from scripture what God's standards are, he says, resolve in your spirit that you will not. That's what I was just saying. Oh, see, God is so good. He put it in order like that. He says, um, resolve in your spirit that you will not lower or compromise those standards for any reason, even if it means losing dates. Didn't I just say that? I really didn't realize that that was coming. But, you know, I always pray and, you know, for my podcast, the segment, the flow. And I just thank God for that. I just want to thank him real quick. But he says that he says, resolving your spirit that you will not lower or compromise those standards for any reason, even if it means losing dates. Honey, I'm going to tell you this. I don't care. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how fine you may look. I don't care. And anybody will tell you, my sisters will tell you, I don't care. I will end it very quickly if the things that I've written down that are sitting here on my wall, no ma'am. I don't care who you are, how much money you have, who you know, what you do. I won't pursue it because one, I do know who I am. I know what I'm worth and I know who and what I can have because I'm a child of the father and I can have, he will give me the desires of my heart. So if it's not you with all you have, then I know it's going to be somebody who's better. So don't compromise your standards for anybody because (laughs) trust me, you're going to end up hurt. Or feeling like you settle for less. And that, that's not a good feeling. Then it says many people are willing to compromise moral or godly standards in order to get a date. Or to hold on to a boyfriend or a girlfriend. <laughs> now he said this. I didn't say this. This is in the book. It says that is immature. And it is. That is immature behavior and will cause a lot of problems. Standing firm on what you believe in is a sign of both mature, of both spiritual and emotional maturity. There are no second class areas of life to God. Ooh, now that'll preach on Sunday. That'll preach on Sunday. He says there are no second class areas to life. Of life to God. Mm. (sighs) He is after your best. He wants you to obey him. Follow his word. And stand firmly on his standards. Anything less. And you cannot expect to receive his best. Oh Jesus. Now that is good. So he said it. He said it. It's in his book.
we cannot settle for second class in Christ. Not me, right? So I encourage you, write down your standards. And even if you're in a relationship, you can change. You can start changing. Change starts with yourself, right? Once you you begin to change yourself, like I was saying earlier, as a man think of, so is he. So if you start to change and you start thinking about yourself differently, you start acting a different way. And your spouse, your kids, everybody will notice, right? And you'll start seeing things differently. But all it takes is a change. It's not too late to assess yourself and say, hey, I know that I used to accept this, but this is no longer working for me. This is no longer working for me. It has to stop. You know, change some things about yourself. You know, see how your spouse is receptive. See if your spouse is receptive to that. I mean, I'm not a marriage expert, but I do believe that people change in relationships, whether you're married or not. But if you you want to see different results from other people, then you first need to change within yourself. So it's not too late to to change your 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 standards. It's it's not too late. Of course, the other person may be a little reluctant if you've been this way for some time now and you're deciding to change. But that's what to me, that's what a marriage is about, you know, loving the person throughout the changes and um, accepting them, you know, um, exactly for who they are. And that's another thing that uh, I want to bring up about attachments. When we attach ourselves to a person for who they are or what they're doing right now, that's dangerous because like I said, nothing stays the same people change. So you, you're attaching yourself to what this person does for you. Like, a, let's say a woman who cooks, who's a housewife and cooks all day. And she, she found joy in that, but then she changed and she wanted to go to work. She wanted to, you know, start her own business. And of course that means that, you know, she's spending more time, you know, working her business even may not be cooking as much, you know, may leave a load of laundry, may not fold the clothes like you're used to, you know, that's a change, you know, we can't be so attached to a person or what they do for us that we can't separate or accept when they decide to change because that's inevitable, right? People change. And um, I think that's that's important. And I definitely want a spouse who understands that I'm going to change. And I'm going to I understand that my husband, future husband will make changes within himself throughout my marriage. And it's my my job to not be so attached to what he is or who he is that when those changes are made that. I'm just up and out of there. No, you know, we, we're going to make it work. And that's the beauty about the, the union of two people coming together. It's my, de- my desire is to be married. I've, I've always wanted to be a wife. And um, I just want to make sure that I'm preparing myself to be whole and complete 
before he comes so that our experience together can be an enjoyable one. (laughs) And I pray that my husband is doing the same for himself. (laughs) I'm going to keep praying that. But um, yeah, I've I've been talking for a long time now, almost an hour. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna stop it right there. But we'll come back next week, and I'll go through some more. And um, I'm gonna, you know, I'm like I said, I'm always self evaluating and you know learning from everyday experiences, and you can do the same. And sometimes just don't be so quick to react negatively to something that causes you to to feel angry or hurt or depressed don't react negatively just say why do i why am why do i feel the need to react this way because there's something within you that you need to take a look at and that thing when when you get those reactions you know those feelings or those emotions something with inside of you is knocking at the door saying hey this is me this is me in here and this is why I'm upset. And I think you need to go in and say, is this really worth being upset? Is this my ego? Is this something that I have an attachment to that's causing me to react this way? You know what I mean? So, and if you haven't listened to my segment about attachments, I encourage you to listen to it because I will be talking about that all the time because we have to realize that there are attachments and the ego you know that that we tend to follow and and it the, the ego says this is who I am the ego says I'm entitled to this the ego says I'm just bagging back I'm not gonna settle for this I'm not gonna do this you're not gonna talk to me the way do you know who I am you know that's what the ego says there's entitlement behind the ego and um you just need to realize that all there is is love and when we respond with love then um that's what we receive so until next time i encourage you to stay sweet stay safe stay encouraged and look forward to next week i love y'all to life bye